So when you think about missions, what comes to mind? I think if you're like me, for the longest time, when you think about missions, you think about the spiritual people, the special people, the gifted people. You, th you think about the people who God has uniquely called, uniquely gifted for a unique and special purpose really far away from where you're at. But what if I was to tell you the missions was designed for everybody? What if I was to tell you that every church and every Christian from every country has been called and empowered and expected to be a part of missions? I think that goes back to Acts 1-8, right? It's the foundational verse of the book that we're studying right now where, where Jesus said this, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Ju Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even the remotest parts of the earth. There's expectation. There's a promise of power of the Holy Spirit, but then there's a rationale on Why? So that you, the people of God, would be his witnesses around the world. And when you look up missions online in the dictionary, here's the top two definitions for missions. An important assignment carried out for political, religious, or commercial purposes, typically involving travel. Or this, the vocation or calling of a religious organization, especially a Christian one, to go out into the world and spread the faith. As we're studying the book of Acts, I don't think you can escape the fact that Christians have been empowered and called and expected to be a part of this movement of God that wasn't just part of Jerusalem, but it was to reach Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the world. So far in Acts 1 through 12, we have witnessed the movement of God completely consume Jerusalem, spread to Judea, Samaria, impact a, a political official from Ethiopia, who tradition says is, is the one who brought, first brought the Christian faith to the African continent. But Acts chapter 13, the church begins another phase a missionary phase to where the church now leaves Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and begins a journey to the remote parts of the earth. So I thought it would be fitting for us before we go into Acts chapter 13, before we see the beginning of the mission movement, to take a moment and remember our own mission movement. For those of you who don't know, CVCC has been heavily involved in a global mission movement for as long as I've been here. In fact, it's one of the aspects of this church that attracted me to it so long ago that there's this inherent belief within this ministry that we're just a small part of bigger plan around the world. CVCC, our ministry has grown to where we partner with over 30 individuals or, or organizations around the world. 
where we empower international leaders to reach their countries and their people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've developed relationships with these leaders. Here's a map that shows the influence and impact. And we have relationships with Christian leaders in each of those countries and each of those regions. And I say relationships because we're not the authority. We know this is a movement of God. And we, we spend time with them. We communicate with them. We live with them where they are. And we invite them to spend time to live with us because we believe that we're all part of the same movement of God. We believe that every Christian, every church from every nation is empowered, called, and expected to be a part of this movement. We have relationships like Pastor Virgil in Moldova, the poorest country in Europe. Yet Pastor Virgil, we've known him for over 20 years. We've seen him grow from a pastor of a small church in a village to now he's a bishop. Over 20 pastors encouraging, equipping, and empowering others to continue the movement of God in the midst of Moldova. We have relationships like Pastor Kabede in Ethiopia, who, who, although he's been educated, came to the U.S. for seminary, went back to Ethiopia, and now he oversees a movement of church planters that spread throughout Ethiopia. We have Pastor Simon from Kenya. We have a relationship with him. To where Pastor Simon is someone who was the senior pastor of the largest church in Kenya. And yet the pinnacle of what most people believe would be the final stage of someone's ministry career. Pastor Simon believed that God called him to leave all that aside and spend the remaining years of his ministry life reaching out to street kids, the lowest, the lowest group of, of people, the lowest cast of people in Kenya. Those are the type of relationships that our church has around the world. But sometimes there's new opportunities. There's new movements of God. There's something fresh that happens that we can't help but get a part of as well. And Estonia is one of those. Estonia, if you're not familiar with Estonia, Estonia is, falls within the northeastern Europe and northernmost of the three Baltic states. It's way up there at the top where they experience darkness for much of the winter and sunlight for much of the summer. Estonia has been dominated by foreign powers throughout its history, and most people believe the people of Estonia are some of the most oppressed people in the world. Just even in the last year, or the last hundred years, in the early 1900s, the Estonian people were under the dictatorship of the Russians only to be conquered by the Nazis, and then after the World War, handed back to the Russians as part of the New World Order. Finally, in 1991, the people of Estonia declared themselves free and experienced freedom for the first time in over 100 years. Although Estonia is now a verified member of NATO and experiencing first world comforts, it still remains one of the least Christian countries in the entire world. Experts believe that less than 2% of the population of Estonia are evangelical Christians, where much of the country is spiritual. 
Very few have had the opportunity to learn and see who Jesus truly is for their lives. But even though it's a small country, with very few Christians, there is a powerful work of God in the midst. Within this lost country, there's a network of pastors and churches who are faithfully serving and reaching people. I've had an opportunity to meet with a number of those pastors, and one of them is Gunnar Kotizen. Here's a little video from him. My name is Gunnar, like here, and I'm totally local guy. I born in this kind of beautiful town, Rakvere, and now it's the f- almost 15,000 people. I grew up here. I came to Christ at my young age. My mother was believer. My father, he was really communist. That's a little bit strange background, but I grew up in church, and when I was 15, and this was a very great time in Estonia. Freedom came. Pastor who was this time in Karma Church, asked me, Gunnar, I need you youth leader. Maybe you want to be. And I said, yes, I'm ready. <laughs> and really from 1989, I am part of team from this church. Now I'm pastor and I'm serving here like pastor last 14 years. I'm very happy and I'm very blessed also that twice I was in your church, not in service time, but I met your great pastor and some kind of team leaders. And uh, I'm very blessed that we can serve Jesus together. Uh, we celebrated 128th birthday, uh, but if people come to our church, they say, hey, you are like very young face church. We, we have every generation here, but really we love to serve young people and children because we see, especially in our area, if we not touch the people their youngest age, we can't touch them if they are like 20s or 30s or in middle age because Estonia is most secular country. That's mean we, we put a lot of efforts to find, serve, and save the young people. But special now, summertime, we're doing camps and different, like we say, faith parties for them. And we are very happy. If you know a little bit our history, we say our last uh, big awakening was early 90s. And this was the time where the churches was full of children and young people. But now, last two years, our children camps is even bigger than early 90s and uh, that's absolutely blessing. Every month we're doing some kind of open door days and if usually in our church some days we think 100, 120, 130 people then this open doors days 300, 400 people coming to church they just asking, watching and we have so many great feedback. That's, I think, the youth work and the construction work is now our two biggest challenges and same time, two biggest blessings. You know, the first time I went to Estonia and I watched all of these local churches in one country partnering together for one purpose. And I came back to the Chino Valley recognized that we have so many evangelical churches who don't partner at all. It was the ministry of these small churches in Estonia that God used to open my eyes. Man, if God could use 
churches from all over a country to partner together for one purpose. Why not here? And that's what gave birth to our movement of partnering with Chino Valley churches around just our own community in belief that we're better together and what God can do in one church, God can do even greater through 10. After 30 years of ministry, the movement of Estonia has grown. Young leaders have grown up within the movement of God, and then they're starting their ministries, and they're taking this ministry to the next step. There's one such leader, his name's Vahor. He's a young leader who was brought up through the church of Estonia, is now committed to reaching the youth of his country at the gospel of Christ. Here's a little video from him. Hello, my name is uh, Vahur Kobin, and this is a funny name because I am an Estonian serving in Estonia. When I was 17, I got invited to an English camp. Uh, it was done by a local church here in Estonia, and I was just a regular teenager. I like to hang out with my friends, I like to party, uh, I like to chase girls, do all that kinds of things. Uh, but something happened in this camp while I was invited there. I saw their Christians, I saw their young people who were following Christ, and this made me envy. I was wondering, how can they be so free and they can be so much full of peace and joy and something eternal, uh, what was in them? And I was jealous, and that's what I wanted to as well, because I was trying to get it from everywhere else. When the camp ended, I got invited to a local church youth group, and I sticked around with the youth group. Eventually, I gave my life to Christ. Everything, all of this happened 13 years ago uh, here in Estonia. Now I get to serve in the same organization where I was first introduced to as a student. Um, it's been 13 years, uh, I'm serving in Josiah Venture, and our vision or what we dream of is we want to see a movement of God taking place in this part of the world um, through the local church and using young people to do so. We partner with local churches here in Estonia so they could reach their youth in their own local communities using summer camps, using sports, using music, using whatever it takes to reach the young people through the local church. There are three challenges I would like to give to you how you guys can be part of it. Even though Estonia is far away from you, all the way across the tiny little pond called Atlantic, uh, there are three challenges we would like to share with you. First of all is to pray, uh, because when you pray about Estonia, about the local churches in Estonia, about Josiah Venture uh, doing in Estonia, eventually you start to see opportunities to do more than just to pray. Um, so we ask you to pray. Second of all, we ask you to give, to support the work, what the local churches and the missionaries are already doing here in Estonia. And third of all, we're asking you to come Come to Estonia and serve with us. Uh, get to build relationships with the local leaders and the local students here in Estonia. It'll be a life-changing summer for you and your family. So I've been to Estonia a number of times witnessing what God has done. And, and it's just one of those things you just simply have to see for yourself. It truly is a movement where you see within 30 years where a country that was buried in communism is now being liberated, not just with the freedom of politics, but ultimately through the freedom of scripture and through the gospel and the influence that churches have within this culture. 
relationships they've built with the government. And as they're partnering together, serving and ministering the people of Estonia, I gotta tell you, it's incredible and you have to see it. And so for the last couple of years, I've been working to try to get some of our young adults to go over to Estonia and witness and see it and partner with some of these church leaders and be a part of watching and being a part of what God is building there in Estonia. And so finally, after a number of years of trying and planning, a team went out this summer. Here's a brief recap of their journey. Hi everyone, my name is Steven and I wanted to share a little bit about our time here in Estonia. So after a very long, uh, exhausting week of physical work and social interactions, I can joyfully say that we achieved our goal that we had set out for. God is so good and worked in each one of us within our own unique gifts. I didn't know what to expect when I came to Estonia. I knew that I was going to be challenged and that God was definitely going to be at work. But what I didn't expect was the humility and selflessness I saw from youth that came from many broken families and hard backgrounds. Uh, it was beautiful to see young boys that were encouraging each other to recite the memory verses and whenever they earned candy, they were dividing it up amongst each other and giving themselves less. God will give the kids that were in our group not just a fun week with Americans, but a week that they can look back and know that they were loved. I think VBS is such a cool way to reach kids that usually wouldn't hear about Jesus on a regular basis um, and make it fun and engaging. these kids come from broken homes and just being able to to love the kids showing them just the smallest bit of love I already saw how it would change their lives just in the week um, I had kids asking me to be their dad and I've like spent barely a few hours with them and that's just because I had the opportunity to invest in their lives and spend time with them so one if you ever want to come to Estonia and have the opportunity to I would highly encourage you to do so because there's such a need for leaders out here to love on these kids. And two, as a church, we just need to pray for leaders to come in, to be invested in these kids' lives, and to change their lives, and for spiritual revival to happen while out here. The most important thing that the people of Talon, that the church movement in Talon needs, is your prayer. The Spirit is at work here in Estonia, um, but there is also a big cloud of darkness over much of the culture. So you see a very stark di dichotomy between um, the, the men and women of the church who have seen the light of Christ and, and, the, and the men and women in the society, in the secular society, who have no understanding of the good news, who have no understanding of the true light that has come. And so they, 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 they are living in darkness and um, are filling the, the void inside of them with things that will not fulfill them. And so what the church movement here needs is your support for, um, for prayer. 
I like as so, like as a teacher, as someone who works with kids, I just wanted to show them as much love as I could, the love that God has shown me time and time again. I wanted to share that with these kids, and so um, I think it just reaffirm just how much God loves me like I wanted to pour all of that to the kids like everything that Christ has done for me I just wanted to let the kids know that they could be saved from all these addictions and all of um, like the hurt that they feel in their homes in their separated families um, I wanted to show that to them my last thought for you my church family is come and see the movement that's going on here in Estonia there's a war going on in Ukraine. The coronavirus is still happening, and yet we are here and safe and ready to serve if you want to see what the Spirit of God is doing in the lives of the men and women of the churches in Estonia. Then come, join us next summer as we, as we seek to serve more and help support the churches here more uh, within, their, within their organizations and their, their goal to share the good news of salvation through Christ alone. So again, one of our commitments as a church is we want to invest in local leaders in every country that we might support them and empower them to complete what God has called them to do, which is to reach their country for the glory of God. But sometimes we think about missions, we think about everything over, like Vahor said, this little pond called the Atlantic. Um, but missions is more than just something that goes to other countries. Missions is something that can happen within our own country, within our own state, within our own community. And so there is another new ministry that we added uh, to our partnership, and that's uh, Gleanings for the Hungry. And if you haven't met Mike and Natalie Liu, uh, they're leaders in our church, and they were uh, two of our leaders that led this new ministry uh, this last summer. So Mike and Natalie, if you could just take a moment and introduce, explain to us Gleanings for the Hungry, and explain to us um, kind of what the trip involved. All right, so uh, I guess there will be a slideshow that kind of plays in the background a little bit. Um, oh, just want to say thanks. Uh, one of the pictures shows the team having ice cream at the end of our trip. So I just want to say thank you for, you know, you know to the church and the Pastor Brian for that. Uh, you well, know, to I, explain that, it's in Dinuba, <laughs> right, which is in the middle of California, in the middle of summer, in the middle of the hottest summer we've had. And so on behalf of you, after, at the end of their trip, they got ice cream in the greatest ice cream place in Central California. In my that's opinion. right, that's right. So if you kind of, kind of, you know, if you walk outside for the next hour or so, that's kind of what Dinuba, California is like. It was pretty much 103, 208 degrees for most of the time that we were there. So um, so just kind of, um, just a brief recap of Gleanings. What Gleanings is, is um, their mercy ministry of YWAM, which is Youth with a Mission. And what they do is um, they, they uh, so they're a processing plant, and they take kind of donated peaches, donated grains, veggies, and they turned that into dried peaches, uh, and also they turned that into like a dry soup mix, and they partner with different Christian organizations around the world, and they, you know, they, they're able to provide food. And so their vision is to kind of feed the hungry, both spiritually and, um, spiritually and uh, physically around the world, and their hope is to sustain lives by, uh, to continue to sustain lives and also to share the gospel of Christ for the glory of God. So as you can kind of see in these beginning pictures, uh, 
you know, most of the time when we were there, we were focused on processing peaches, and summer is peach season. And uh, this is more kind of in the mornings, we would go out to the fields and um, kind of dry the peaches from like the prior day's work or the prior week's work. And uh, uh, after a couple hours in the morning, we would kind of go work at the peach plant. So I'll kind of turn it over to Natalie to share a little bit more about the peach plant. So um, in the pictures, you can see the different um, stations of processing the peaches. So uh, from the beginning of getting donated peaches and nectarines, um, these are ones that you know, typically don't uh, fit USDA requirements, but they're still good for, you know, feeding. And so we throw out the mushy ones, and then um, then there's a, a cutting station where we prepare them, the peaches to be cut, you know, uh, making it upright. And then there's a cup-up station where we get it ready for drying, uh, make sure that it's ideal in terms of bringing it to the fields. And then it um, takes about a week to dry before we could pack it. And so the, another station as well is um, taking the dried peaches and getting it ready for packing in the buckets. Now this was, it's been a while since we had a trip really designed for families, right? For adults and kids to go. And there's a uh, part of me as a father of four that think, wow, that's really cool. And part of me that thinks, oh, good Lord, I don't know if I ever want to do that with my kids. So tell me, like, Natalie uh, and Mike, like, how, what did the kids do and how did the parents do with having their kids there? Yeah, so, um, so I'll say for the very front, it is actually a great trip to do with your kids. Uh, so we were really blessed to have a great team, as you can see. Uh, we had uh, kids as young as five years old, and uh, we had, you know, people that were more, um, you know, kind of the age of grandparents. And... Uh, um, so it, it was just a great week of being able to serve, um, you know, serve alongside our own kids, serve alongside each other's kids. And uh, as you can see here, you know, uh, this picture here is actually one time we had a CVCC worship team because they needed our help in the morning chapel services. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, I remember when we called gleanings at first, they were like, well, during the summertime, most of the church youth groups that come tend to bring people that are kind of more teenagers, uh, you know, kids are a little older and we're like, we're bringing, you know, five-year-olds and grandparents, so they're like, okay, good luck. But uh, it definitely worked out, because, you know, as you can see, I mean, it was just a great time to be able to serve alongside our kids. So really proud of our CVCC kids and youth um, for, for what they were able to bring to this cleaning strip. And as you can see, you know, most of the older teens were in the processing plant, but we have a five-year-old, and so she can't, um, she wasn't old enough to go into the plant. And so they have... Uh, Fortunately, the week we were there, they had a donation of black beans, and so the kids got to, um, we got to make boxes, and they put stickers on the boxes for labeling. Um, the beans would fall on the floor, and they got to sweep. They got to use the vacuum. Um, just that whole process, they were so excited. Um, and then also, we were able to wash buckets, so um, you could, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> like hundreds and hundreds of buckets. So, uh, but they, gleaning, uh, all of Gleanings um, is on donations, and so they have donated buckets, and they're dirty already, um, so they have to actually clean it out. We scrape off the stickers of what it was used before, and they um, sterilize it and get it ready to be used for packing the buckets. So uh, there was also, you know, opportunity to clean the campus and different things where we all could work together, but it was a great time for even the, our little ones. My little one still talks about the beans, <laughs> beans of the plant. Well, and again, one of, our, one of our commitments as a church is we believe that if we want kids to be owning their faith by the time they leave high school, there's two components that we know. 
are huge aspects of helping them own their faith. One is for them to worship together with their family regularly, and the second is to serve the Lord together regularly as a family. And so that's why this is important to us, and I was excited about gleanings where families can go together and serve the Lord together. And uh, so lastly, so gleanings, packing food in Central California, like when we're thinking about missions, that doesn't really seem like something that fits our paradigm, you know? So how does going to Dinuba in the center of California, like how does that enhance missions? Yeah, so uh, if we get the next slide, please, and Ellie, want to... Yeah, so this is the, what they showed us at the end of the week, um, the week seven numbers, we, we were there. 407,000 407, pounds of fruit were run and this created about 98,000, almost 100,000 servings of fruit that was going out. Um, and the fruit for our week was going out to Ukraine, um, Nicaragua and possibly Haiti. And you know, we've talked to the kids about the Ukraine war, but to know that they actually are making an impact that this fruit is gonna actually be used for uh, families and children in, in uh, Ukraine is pretty amazing. Yeah. I think something else that okay. I, I think is important is, um, you know, there's, there's lots of good things, like feeding hungry people in Ukraine is a good thing, you know, but the important thing is, is getting the gospel along with that, you know? And so, Mike, you have a great story on how not just the gleanings for the hungry not only fed people physically, but really was instrumental in leading people to the Lord as well. Yeah, so just one really cool story I heard, and, uh, you know, I think gleanings really is like a, kind of like a ministry of faith in that, you know, they, they produce all this dried fruit, like dried food mix to be provided to countries around the world, and they don't always know exactly who it goes to or where it goes to or what God's doing with that. And I remember there was one story that uh, Fritz, who's the, you know, who's the director of gleanings, and he was sharing during one of the morning chapel services, and this happened a few years back, where one of the church youth groups that came, and kind of towards the end of the week, they were sharing about their experiences, and there was one, 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 one teenager that, that uh, he, he was sharing, and uh, he, so he, were, he, he actually shared that when he was a kid, and if he was like five years old or something like that, he was living in Cambodia at the time, he actually lived off of food from gleanings for an entire year. So he's like, I literally ate your food for a whole year from gleanings. And how cool is it that, so this kid who was you know, growing up as a kid, you know, was depending on food for gleanings because he was so poor, now years later, he's serving with a church youth group here in the U.S., and he's serving back at Gleanings. Provide, we just really need to see how that came full circle. And I mean, just an example of, you know, we don't always know what's going on behind the scenes, but we believe and have trust in a great God that is always at work. And, you know, he plans everything according to, to his plan and purpose. And, and so that's who we place our faith in. So it's just really neat to kind of see that because we're not always able to see what's going on. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of, you know, encourage, I think um, we were talking about it, and CBC is uh, kind of going to be um, uh, kind of sponsoring another trip to Gleanings this upcoming summer. We would just want to also say thanks for all your prayers, because we definitely, you know, we definitely could not, do, you know, do this without prayer. And uh, yeah, so pray for this upcoming summer, summer of 20, I know we're still in 2022, but, uh, you know, uh, just be praying about this upcoming year and, you know, what God has in store for you. And, uh, you know, hopefully if, if God calls you, then you can kind of be part of the gleaning trip next year. I know that a week in the heat doesn't sound exciting to anyone right now, but I promise you around February, we'll be ready for warmth. We'll be ready for the summer. And I really would love for you to perfectly consider uh, joining this trip 
bring your children, bring your grandchildren, and serve the Lord together. So Mike and Natalie, thank you for leading this trip. Thanks for sharing this with us. Appreciate it. Now again, I want to remind you, we believe at CVCC that God has called, equipped, and empowered, and expects every church and every Christian to be a part of missions. And I know you might be saying, brain, brain, I don't do missions. I need air conditioning. I need hamburgers. I need certain comforts in my life. I got to tell you, I've been through it all. But I have to tell you, when you see what God is doing around the world, when you witness it with your own eyes and, and get your hands involved in it, suddenly God gets bigger and you get smaller. And it's a transformational experience. So as we're wrapping up, I want to share some ways that everyone can be involved. So how can you be a part of missions? How can you be a part of what God's doing around the world, in the Juno Valley, in the state of California? And the first thing that I have is we have some projected trips for next summer. Every summer, it's our goal to send three to five trips of teams, teams of people out from our church to serve local churches in different countries and different parts of the world. We have a Hungary trip. Hungary and Moldova going to Eastern Europe, partnering with pastors, partnering with churches to bring the gospel of Christ to their people. We have Ecuador, free wheelchair mission. We partner with them. We go to Ecuador and we reach out to the poorest of people who are crippled and stuck in the dirt. And I can't tell you how life-changing it is to not only be able to lift something, someone out of the dirt for the first time and place them in with mobility, but to pray with them and give them the gospel at the same time it is a life-changing opportunity. Uh, Estonia, we talked about. Gleanings, we talked about. Here's another thing you might say, Brian, I don't know if I'm ready to go serve other places. I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I'd contribute, but I still want to see what God is doing around the world. And so this next year, I want to start what I'm calling vision trips. You know, every year, year and a half, I go to a different part of the world to build relationships and and build relationships with leaders that we partner with. And I have this luxury, this opportunity, I shouldn't say luxury, this opportunity as the pastor to go and see what God's doing around the world every year. Every year, I would take one to two leaders in the church to go with me not just for accountability for me, but so they can witness what God's doing. And this year I was thinking, you know what? I think other people would want to be a part of that. Maybe there's someone else in the congregation that says, Brian, I want to see what God's doing in another part of the world. I don't know how to contribute. I don't know what I would do, but I'd certainly love to witness it firsthand. So I'll let you know this summer, my next vision trip is to Africa. We're going to go spend uh, four to five days in Ethiopia meeting and encouraging the church planners that we support and seeing what God's doing in their area and how we can be more of a part of it. We'll be going to Kenya and we'll go and see Pastor Boaz, the pastor that we partner with, that have planted a church uh, outside one of the largest slums in Kenya where he reaches those people, where he ministers to their children. We'll be able to go and see Pastor Simon in the house that he's building for these street kids and meet people that he's been ministering with and how now they're becoming leaders of this ministry and taking ownership of it on their own. I can't take everyone. 
We can't take a huge team, but if you're like Brian, I, w- I would love to see what God's doing in Africa. Write your name down in the seat pocket in front of you. You can simply just write your name and just let me know what trip you might be interested in. And then around November, December, when we make final commitments on where we're going and how many people we can take and what we'll do, we'll reach out to you and let you know and see if maybe this is an opportunity this summer for you. We also have local missions. You might say, Brian, I'm not ready to go cross country. I'm not ready to go over a big pond of water. I don't like to travel. I don't like to fly. I do all of the, I agree with all of those things. We have three ministries that are local within our own community. Release Time Christian Education, they were just here last week to where they focus on, on bringing biblical education to local Christian or local public schools in the area. We have Food for Life, a ministry that, that goes to not only feed uh, the poorest of those in the Chino Valley, but to pray with them and give them spiritual nourishment as well. And Options Women's Care Center, as we partner with, uh, with not only pregnant teens, pregnant women, and, their, and, and the men who are involved to give them counsel and give them support and encouragement, and most of all, give them the gospel that they might, this might be a, a life-changing moment for them. So perhaps you're interested in being a part of a local missions. And again, you're going to know what I say. If you're interested in more information on one of these, take this card in the seat back in front of you. Write your name, email, phone number, which ministry you'd like to be a part of. And I got to tell you, every month I have ministries contacting me from around the world and locally wanting us to be a part. And they're great ministries, but I have to turn them down every month. Because we need leaders. We need partners. I mean, there's only so much that I can manage. So you're like, Brian, I would love to lead a local ministry. I would love to be a part of seeing God do something in the Chino Valley. Put your name down. And maybe it's one of these local ministries. Maybe you know of something else that you want to lead and you want to partner with. Fill out a card and you can turn it in on your way out. Last one, last idea of how everyone can be a part of missions is our Reach Reach One campaign. Twice a year, we encourage everyone to share their faith one time with one person that God has brought in their life for this specific purpose. I told you, two months every year, we take time out of every service and pray. You know, those of you who already know this, I'll repeat it again, but 47% of the people in our 10-mile radius have no faith involvement whatsoever. When you add in those who have been deceived and misled by false religions, you're looking at almost 60% of our 10-mile radius have no faith involvement at all. They don't know who Jesus is. So chances are one of every two people that you see and meet in the Chino Valley have yet to see Jesus as you do. So I am confident that every one of you has one person in your life that needs to hear about who Jesus is. On your seat when you came in, there's a New Testament. In our second year in this, we've learned a couple things. First, we've learned to get you the larger print version of the Bible. Uh, And also, hopefully, there are stickers. There's no sticker in mine. Hopefully, there's a sticker on the front cover of yours that gives you questions to ask and Bible verses to use. You might say, Brian, I don't know how to share my faith. Listen, you know how to share your belief in the angels or Dodgers? You know how to share your concern and belief about politics? 
You can convince someone to try Arby's roast beef sandwiches. You can share about Jesus. This is just an instrument and a tool to help you along the way. One person that God has placed in your life for the intended purpose for you to share what Jesus has done in your life in confidence that Jesus can do the same in theirs. Will you pray with me that God would give each of us one name? Let's pray together. Jesus, again, we're grateful for all that you've done in our church, in our life, and in our ministry. And God, I... I ask, God, that you'd continue to equip us, empower us, renew us. God, give us courage and confidence in your call and your equipping and your empowering for us to be part of your movement, not just here in the Chino Valley, not just here in California, but around the world. Give us faith, God, that you can use us. God, I pray specifically, God, you give us one name. God, give each of us one name of one person that is yet to see you as we do. God, and I pray, not only give us that name, God, give us courage. Give us courage in our own life, God, that we might be bold, bold enough to talk to them about who you are. Jesus, we pray everything in Jesus' name. Amen. By the way, on your way out in the lobby, there's a board. It says, Reach 1 2022, and I'm gonna ask you when you have a name of someone that you're going to be praying for and you're going to be committed to share your faith with, will you write their first name on the board? Don't put their whole name. Don't put their nickname. Because then if by chance they show up and see their name on the board, that's weird. It could be. Just put their first name. So I can be praying for them with you that God would open their eyes to help them see who Jesus is. Now, again, those of you who know, it's uh, not only a holiday weekend, it's the first Sunday of the month, and that's communion. And I, I love that this month, communion fell on a mission Sunday. Because we believe to be Christian is to be involved in missions. When you accept the gospel and when you commit to following Christ, you're committing to being his witness around the world to the remotest parts of the earth. Communion is a time where we remember the power of the gospel. We have the bread and it only serves as a reminder of, of Jesus who, who broke his body for us, but it serves as a model on how we're to live our lives with him. We also have the cup. The cup is a reminder of the power of the blood of Christ that declares us righteous but also empowers broken people to be a reflection for his glory, that God can use flawed and broken people to be a reflection of his holiness and his power around the world. God has done it for generations and he continues to do it. Communion is meant to be a reminder of the power of the gospel, not just in our lives, but through our lives as well. The Apostle Paul finished this way, finished his teaching and communion this way. He said, as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the power of the Lord until he returns. So in just a moment, I want to ask you, if you're a believer of Christ, if you've received the gospel, I really want to encourage you to be Christian, is to be a missionary. 
And my hope and encouragement for you is when you come and take these elements, it's not a reminder of what Jesus has done in you, but what Jesus wants to communicate through you as well. If you'll come, the ushers will come and dismiss you. If you want to come receive your elements, take them back to your seats, and then we'll eat together in a moment.